0: Let us pray. God, please let your word be heard, be understood, and be lived. In his name we pray, amen. Today's scripture reading is Psalm 48 and can be found on page 518 in the Pew Bible. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain Beautiful in elevation is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within its citadels, God has shown himself a sure defense. Then the kings assembled. They came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic. They took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there. Pains as of a woman in labor, as when an east wind shatters the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God establishes forever. We ponder your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. Your name, O God, like your praise, reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with victory. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion, go all around it, count its towers, Consider well its ramparts, go through its citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide forever. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God.
1: Well, once again, it is good to be together and we come before Christ hoping to continue to be formed in the way of Jesus, recognizing that we are people on the way, people who are reaching these stopping points along the way, as we'll hear about in this text, and yet always being made whole in Christ. Our second scripture reading is from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter five, verses one through five and nine and 10, and you can find that on page 279 in the Pew Bible, or linked on our website, Hear the word of the Lord as we hear it from 2 Samuel. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time, while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be the shepherd of my people Israel. You shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. David occupied the stronghold, Jerusalem, and named it the city of David. David built the city all around from the Milo inward. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. Pray with me. Lord, we know that you have given us many gifts and some of those are uh, chosen leadership chosen people to guide our communities and so we remember that as we hear the story of king david's inauguration that god you are out ahead of us choosing guiding shepherding us forward we trust in all of this in christ's name we pray amen so friends we mark today in a few important ways First, it is the end of our time looking at the books of Samuel, the rise of King David, and the unification of a divided nation of Israel under God's chosen king. Next week we're going to move to the letter to the Ephesian church, a brief interlude in our summer studies that will then be followed by our annual pulpit swap with Cordata and First Presbyterian churches god is uniting god's people under a king and we are united as a community with the people of god now second we mark today as washington state's formal reopening and lifting of many restrictions due to covid 19. while we understand that the pandemic is far from over we also celebrate the advancements in science and medical care that have allowed for many of us who are vaccinated to pave the way to the full alleviation of this threat of the virus. We celebrate that God has moved through our world in this way, in the hands of epidemiologists and skilled physicians, drawing us back in person to community. We are also reminded that we have never truly been apart. Rather, we are bound up as the people of God, even as we have been called to stay separate for some so long. Finally, we mark today as a celebration of the birth of the United States, our nation. Words like freedom and liberty and independence are often used in this celebration marking our nation as separate or somehow perhaps superior because of our triumphs over tyrannical empires. However, this celebration has some bittersweetness to it. We are also reminded that the sovereignty of our nation comes on the backs of enslaved peoples, gathers from the lands of existing nations of indigenous peoples, and does not always represent all people in its laws and justice. And so today we mark it with caution. As the Church of Christ, we are encouraged not to tout our liberty, but rather celebrate how God unifies us, breaks down the walls of division, and leads all people into shalom and hope that our American independence offers faint, cloudy images of. Our text today is a study of such optimism and such need for caution. It is a unifying text, no doubt. And we must see this text as such, a picture of how God unites people from division and discord. We must read this text for the truth that God reveals in it. The people get what they want, but also, The king who they inaugurate is chosen by God, no one else. The inauguration of David is a preview of, a taste of, a foreshadowing of the true king, Jesus Christ. As we hear in the final verses of our reading, David becomes great not by his own ability, but by the presence of the Lord, the God of hosts, with him. So what does the presence of God feel like? What is it to experience that as the gathered body of Christ here? And what does it mean to be invited to grow in that presence as we taste it and see it today? First, I want to say that it means that God is inviting the people of Israel to move on It seems that they already had, actually, according to this passage, where we find in verse 2, Saul may have been the king, but David was the true leader, long before he is inaugurated over all of Israel. And so we hear in this as well, it is time for people to move on. It is time for us to move ahead. All through this past year and a half, we've been longing to move on. And certainly while we are not fully ready to put the pandemic behind us, we are also very ready to move ahead. We're ready for a new chapter, a renewed and hopeful step forward as a people. We have much work to do to rebuild our life together and maintain safety in our communities going forward. As the Israelites can't and don't want to go back to Saul, We also cannot go back to the way things were, the way we wanted it, the ways of indignity, frivolity, and self-centeredness that led us into this mess to begin with. We have to capture what we've learned and grow from here. In connection with this, God is inviting the people of Israel to unite under David's leadership. No longer will they be a divided people. No longer will some tribes worship God in Hebron and some in Jerusalem. God is reuniting the people. And so for us, we are reunited. But we reunite with the hope that our divisions will be set aside as well. Think about this, and don't look around when I say this, okay? As we move together as a church forward... What divisions must you set aside? Are there folks in the church community that you haven't seen in a year and a half and it's been pretty nice? (laughs) Well, the invitation that's here is that we are called to healing, to reconciliation and forgiveness. Divisions that maybe we have long harbored in our hearts must be set aside. I know that I myself have grown a lot this last year. And I expect that you all have as well. In unity, we must set aside our disagreements and begin again in hope of a peaceful, justice-focused community. God is calling us to unity today. Unity over liberty unity over identity unity within our great diversity unity that loves and builds up the church the city the nation and the world and so finally we see that god's people unite with david in jerusalem the city of david and begin to build something new there ever mindful of the skeptic of skepticism, and caution, which we always have to bring to the biblical text. We acknowledge that the building of Jerusalem comes at the expense of others. As the city of David built out, other nations were continually expelled from the area. The city of David is a city of promise, but it is also a city of expansion. And so with us, we are invited to grow, to build to expand into a new community that God is inviting us forward to. And we do this with caution. We must tend to the ones who are still suffering. We must care for the ones who are still impacted most deeply by the shifts that we have experienced in our world over the last year. We love the poor, the widow, and the orphaned. We seek justice for victims and restoration for perpetrators. If we are to build ahead as a church here at St. James, we need to build with and through our scars. We have wounds, we have pain. And those pains are not a problem, but rather the site where the building can begin. We build and we grow from this place where we currently stand by doing all that is, is within our power to make this church a safe haven, a site of healing, a building like the city of Jerusalem. It takes time and it requires the presence of God to be close with us. And when the presence of God is with us, We experience new life, healing of fractured relationships, and action for justice that draws people in and together. We are at the threshold of a new time as a world and as a church community. We cannot look back. But our building and growing forward must come out of all that we have learned, all of our scars and pain, all of our latent hopes and longed-for dreams, we cannot look back, but rather, as the writer of the book of Hebrews encourages us, we set our hearts on the founder and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Christ is the wounded healer, the shepherd king, the holy one of God. It is in Christ that we are healed. It is in Christ that we're built up and restored, and it is in Christ that we become one. This is the kingdom. As the elders of the tribes of Israel said, this is the flesh and bone kingdom of God that we speak of. King David's reign is a historically significant moment for the nation of Israel, and yet it is but a foretaste of the kingdom of God which Christ speaks of. The people of God tasted what unity around a leader looked like. They could sense the difference of blessing that came with this king, and yet it was always just a shadow of what is to come. This is what Jesus describes when he describes the kingdom of God being at hand. It is arriving, breaking through, already here and not yet fully realized. We the church, the people of God, we also anticipate that which is to come. We are all united, perhaps a bit more today, but we still long for unity in its fullness. We long to gather with those that we have since long lost. We long to be with those from whom we are estranged. We long for the day when God's justice will roll down like a mighty stream and bring wholeness to all people who cry out for God's mercy. Thankfully, we have a practice that helps us mark a day like this in all its sense of resolution and yet longing and anticipation, the already and the not yet. This practice is coming to the table. We come to the table as individuals whose liberty is set aside. And instead, we become one people, united, all collectively longing for the goodness of God that we find here. The table is a great unifier. It is the great unifier. All are offered. All are welcome. All are received. There is no privilege, There is no social standing, no greater than or less than at the places of this table. As the elders of the tribes of Israel remarked to David, we are as well bone and flesh with one another. The bone and flesh imagery is helpful as we come to the table today. We come as a people who share bone, strength, fortitude, resolve as a people. And we come to the table as a people who share flesh. We share weakness, fragility, fatigue, and humility. We are bone and flesh, greater than our shared biology or families of origin. Bone and flesh as a shared humanity longing for God's good meal that is set before us. And so, as the Good Shepherd has called us here today, so the Good Shepherd also invites us to receive the gifts of God at this table as one united people. Amen.